gonna get a hot dog and beer. We're gonna see how much it costs. So I'm gonna do one D-back dog and a Miller Lite. $22.78. $22.78? Thank you very much. So I just paid $6 for a hot dog. Hot dog buns usually cost 15 cents. The hot dog costs about 25 cents. So in total, this is about a markup of 1,700% on just the hot dog. I paid $14 for this beer. Traditionally, it would cost about $2 if you bought it in bulk, meaning it's a markup of 700%. So for ballpark food, you can expect a markup of 700 to 1,700%. But it's all for the love of the game. Hey everyone, my name is Caleb Williams and this is Better Wealth Reacts. And that was my good friend, Johnny Finance. Um, he's just this amazing video creator. And I saw this on uh, Instagram and I was like, man, like that is a really, really good video. And it made me think, what if I did a Better Wealth Reacts to is eating out keeping you poor? Because Johnny is does a great job and that that, that one clip is like pretty eye-opening from a standpoint of, of going to a ballpark. But there's a common theme out there that's saying, hey, you know, we got to cut back. We have to not go out to eat and we can save all this money. And what I want to do is I, I'm, I'm going to pull up another video that um, actually PBS did the two cents people um, who are like really harsh on life insurance. And I reacted to one of their life insurance videos. They have an eating out video that I think does a really good job laying the foundation of the conversation. And what I will do, like all of my better wealth reacts is I'll, I'll give my two cents no pun intended, throughout the video, but then I'll give you my closing thoughts from a standpoint of do I think eating out is keeping you poor? Maybe my framework to when you should eat out, when you shouldn't, and maybe some good questions for you to consider before you decide I'm gonna cut back or I'm gonna eat out a lot more. So without further ado, let's jump into this next video. Love this place, don't you? I know it's kind of expensive, but everything's so top notch. Hey, folks, know what you want? Uh, yes, I'd like to eat the down payment on a house with a side of flambéed emergency funds. Excellent choice. <laughs> and for you, sir? I'm pretty hungry, so I'm going to have our retirement savings and what the heck, a bottle of our daughter's college tuition. Ooh. Very good. <laughs> Do you think we spend too much on dining out? Maybe, but. Everyone else is doing it. Besides, what's the alternative? Cooking at home? <laughs> at least the breadsticks are free. Twenty-one percent of Americans have no retirement savings, and another ten percent have less than five thousand dollars. It's even bleaker for millennials. Nearly six in ten have nothing saved at all. Now there are a lot of reasons for this: the increasing cost of housing, health insurance, and of course, student debt. But for many people, those costs are relatively fixed. If you're looking for practical areas to cut back, one sticks out like a fly in your soup: dining out. In 2015, for the first time in history, Americans spent more money on bars and restaurants than on groceries. Mm. With the average household now spending more than three thousand dollars annually on food away from home, representing between 5 and 7% of their total spending. Even though restaurant prices are increasing faster than inflation and grocery prices are holding steady or even falling, the average diner is still eating out around five times a week. How much is this costing us? Well, restaurants typically mark up their food by around 300%, meaning the price on the menu is about three times what they actually spent on the food. Ballparks are a lot more, hence John Johnny Fanon's video, but yeah, 300%, that's quite a bit. 
If that seems like a lot, remember, you're also paying for the restaurant's rent, labor, equipment, and overhead. So if you live in an area where real estate values are increasing, that also applies to the surface area of your local restaurant's tabletops. You're also tipping, which I did a video um, reacting to Matt Walsh when he talks about the tipping culture and how it's kind of gotten out of hand. So you're tipping on top of eating food that's 300% more marked up. And that doesn't even include drinks. A survey by Zagat found the average restaurant bill per person is over $36. Wow. If you do this just three times a week, that's over $5,600 a year. By contrast, the average meal cooked at home with groceries from the market is about $4 a person. Now you can see why so many financial advisors focus on dining out as a place to save money. How much money could you potentially save? I think it's time to run, run the, the numbers. numbers. Let's say Jake here goes out for dinner three times a week, spending $35 each time. He starts every workday with a latte and croissant at his local coffee shop and buys lunch- Yeah, the coffee will get you. I'm glad they mentioned that. Lunch at the local food court four days a week. Fridays are pizza day at the office. In one year, he spent over $9,000 on commercially prepared food and drinks, over 12% of his yearly salary of $75,000. What if Jake could get those three dinners down to just one a week? And what if he started making coffee and breakfast at home and brown bag lunches at work? Assuming that all those homemade meals would come out to around $5 each, that would mean a yearly savings of $4,420. That's enough for a Hawaiian vacation. But wait, we're not done. What if Jake took those yearly savings and put them into an account earning 7% compound interest? In just 10 years, he'd have over $65,000, enough for a down payment on a house. In 20 years, he'd have almost $200,000, all from just eating at home more often. Jake's example demonstrates that even in an era of burdensome healthcare and student loan obligations, you might have some wiggle room in your finances. Even a small cutback in dining out could allow you to finally pay off an onerous debt or build an emergency fund. This might be easy advice to give, but harder to put into practice. Many of us dine out because we're too busy or tired to cook after a long day of work. If we know how to cook at all. And going to restaurants <laughs> isn't just about the food, it's a social event. I will say I got extremely, 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 whether you call it lucky or blessed, my wife is an amazing cook and she is into cooking really clean, healthy food. So it's actually for me, it's a no brainer because I get to eat better and cheaper when we're doing it at home. But the struggle is real as, as many of you have very busy lives, you're doing a lot of other things, and there is a true opportunity cost to actually cooking at home, which we'll talk about in a second. A place to see your friends, to connect with coworkers, take the edge off a stressful day. So we're not saying never go out to eat, but if you wanna cut down on this expense, you first have to know why you're spending the money. Intentional. In the first place, is it a convenience? or a luxury. Yeah, if it's a convenience, in other words, if you're eating out because you don't have time to cook at home, well, the problem might be a lack of preparation. After all, brewing a pot of coffee and toasting a bagel can be less time consuming than waiting in a Starbucks line and can potentially save you hundreds of dollars. There are lots of resources on the web for how to make shopping and cooking cheap and simple, including this video we made about navigating the supermarket. But if you're still intimidated by the prospect, you could ease yourself into it by utilizing ingredient or grocery delivery services like Blue Apron or Instacart. These are definitely more expensive than doing your own shopping, but still cheaper than eating out. Uh, if, if time is, is something that is like up there, we get all of our groceries delivered other than produce. Um, but we get, yeah, all of ours delivered and it's amazing. When I go and travel, instead of me going and eating out and I do it for a different reason, it's mostly for health conscious reasons. I'll usually go travel, get DoorDash, I'll get groceries delivered to me and it's incredible. It's like almost feels illegal of like, man, I got healthy food delivered to my hotel. It's incredible. And so the idea that 
we can get healthy food delivered to us could uh, really eliminate a lot of the excuses that time is an issue. We like to use cash at the supermarket to stay within a budget, but if you're trying to incentivize yourself, you could look into a credit card that gives rewards for grocery purchases. And it's always a good idea to keep some convenience foods like microwavable dinners in your freezer. That way, on days that you really don't feel like cooking, you'll have an alternative to stopping for takeout or ordering in. On the other hand, if eating out is a luxury, that is, if you're doing it for social or psychological needs, there still might be ways to achieve that with less spending. For instance, you can share an entree. Restaurant portions are typically much larger than the average average diner's appetite because it makes it easier for businesses to justify high prices. If you're there for the service and atmosphere, you can get that without overeating to the point of discomfort or leaving uneaten food behind. If you have favorite restaurants you know you visit often, it might be a good idea to sign up for their email lists or check Groupon for details. But beware that these bargains are intended to make yeah. you visit more frequently. Yeah, I was just about to say you're, you're in the funnel. I will also say, and they, they might cover this, is don't drink. Like I'm, I'm all about, you know, a nice glass of wine or whatnot, but like drinking adds up as well. And so you could totally go and, and yeah, but if you're willing to split an entree just for, for, and, and that could be a, an amazing way to still hang out with people, but not have a 35, 40, $50 for per meal. Same goes for diners rewards cards. If you're not careful, these strategies might actually increase your monthly dining expenses. Alcohol is one of the biggest markups for restaurants. So if you like to have a drink with dinner, you might want to find places that allow you to BYOB. Similarly, going to an ice cream shop after dinner is usually much cheaper than ordering dessert at the table. And lastly, if you find yourself buying lunch just as an excuse to get out of the office, no one's forcing you to eat at your desk, hopefully, take your brown bag to a nearby park or public space. It's the same psychological benefit without the cost. Dining out is a big part of our culture and it may be an important aspect of your social or professional life. So we're not suggesting you cut it out cold turkey. But you shouldn't accept any large regular expense without asking yourself three fundamental questions. How much am I spending on this? What do I get out of it? And can I get the same benefit for less money? That's good. And that's our two cents. Like I said, and I even said this on their life insurance video, they're very harsh on life insurance. And I was like, guys, you did a phenomenal job. I think it's super well produced, well thought through. Here's my final thoughts from a standpoint of the whole eating out. There's a couple type of people watching this. If you're someone who's really trying to save money, if you're someone that your financial framework is shrinking and saving to be able to like get to where you want to go and you're looking at how i can save money by all means look at where you're spending it and you might be overspending on drinks you might be overspending on food and that might be an area that you should cut back and i will be your number one fan to say live intentionally also my whole deal is like hey listen if you enjoy eating out and you're an entrepreneur and you can easily say yeah i'm going to spend ten thousand dollars throughout the year eating out but by not having to worry about food i'm going to be able to produce Twenty or $30,000, you just need to see eating out as another expense, just like when we hire people or go to a conference or invest in a software. It, it, that's how you have to look at it. If you're an entrepreneur looking at the eating out conversation, you should look at it a lot different. I could make the argument that you shouldn't cook, that you should overpay to have people cook for you if you can do something more productive with that time. Now, I hesitate in saying that because um, being into health it's hard for me to justify eating out because there's very few restaurants that actually serve you good food. So in summary, if you're someone that's not entrepreneurial, you're, you're looking at it as an appeared expense and you're trying to cut back. I think eating out is the number one thing that you can look at and get really intentional and say, how can I, how can I cut back? How can I be intentional? And I think this video does a phenomenal job. If you're on the flip side, if you're into creating massive value 
and eating out is something that you enjoy, I would say just really get clear about what you have to produce if you're going to choose that decision. And and if it costs you ten or $15,000 a year, just make sure that the activity that you can make that up by not having to cook. I would love to hear your thoughts. What is your framework as it relates to the eating out, staying in? Because again, I am always fighting my scarcity minded, penny pinching, you know, self. But the shift for me is saying, okay, if I'm in, and this is going to be really, really key. If you are in abundance, you're going to attract so many other things in your life. But if you're in scarcity, if you're always trying to penny pinch and figure out how to save money, you're going to miss out on so many cool opportunities because you're trying to figure out and shrink and shave. As my good friend, Garrett Gunderson said, it's hard to shrink your way to wealth. And so I, I think it's, it's something that I'm being really, really intentional in. And I'm saying, hey, I don't, I don't want to shrink my way to wealth, but I also want to be intentional how I spend my time and money. And so with that, love to hear your thoughts. Again, if you had no other videos or other topics that you would like me to cover, please, please let me know. And by you liking and sharing our content, you're really helping Better Wealth get their name out to more people. That's why I'm doing Better Wealth Reacts, because I find that there's so many incredible content creators. There's so many um, other opinions out there that I want to just react and bring more exposure to all the different conversations as it relates to helping you live more intentionally. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.